Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast behind the sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, 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 everyone. Uh, hey, Pastor, Pastor Stephen. Hello, Pastor Nate and Pastor Jeremy. Hey there. How are you guys doing? Uh, wonderful. <laughs> really wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, how's uh, Pastor Jeremy? How's Dover? Dover was, I actually was not in Dover. I had the, the privilege this week to hang out in Plymouth, which was really fun. Haven't seen some of the people there uh, in a while. Got to hang out with Craig. I pretty much harassed Craig, who did the uh, the apprenticeship with us, and he's a sound tech there. Uh, hung out with him, joked around with him a bunch, but but uh, yeah, just had a lot of fun hanging out there. I think uh, we brought the whole family. We think it's been like a year since we've been in a service in Plymouth. And wow. uh, I love that auditorium so much it is so pretty it's so nice it sure is the carpet now added to it it's just such a nice place i realized like i had more fun at at communion because i'm like this is just a nice place to host (laughs) like it's just a nice place to be at um so it was a great it was a really great sunday fun to hang out with everyone that's awesome yeah how'd it go for you me? Yeah. I, I think it really went well. Uh, as I mentioned on Sunday after service, we had 46 people in this building. That's so awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I was telling Pastor Nate, one of my prayers this year was to hit 40 because we started from zero. So I'm like, when when we hit that, we were like, I was pretty happy, happy yeah. tears. was pumped. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. A lot of new families and returning families. So, yeah. It's really great. How did it go in Dover? Past well, I'll give you, I can give you the Milton report too. Yes. Uh, since Michelle's there. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say like the last, definitely the last two months is like every Sunday, Michelle is so wound up excited about Milton. It's just... Um, you know, it's double when she started leading there yeah. a year and a half ago. And the she just talks about the new people coming. And it's, you, you know, the new people coming, they're now, re- they're regulars now. They're part of the church. Mm. They're, they're there. They're in it. And um, good godly people and... Yeah. People that they're leading to the Lord. And so she's been really excited about that. And then Dover is always a lot of fun. Um, I've been meeting people every week and hearing people's stories every week and mm. connecting with old friends every week. And mm. yeah, it's, it's really, it's really a special season beyond the testimonies, right? Because I, and just a little segue, obviously we shared the testimony of a young boy this week who got healed of scoliosis. Right. That is a sign and wonder to the world. Another sign and wonder to the world is when Christians love each other. And so when we show up at a service and people are staying after to talk with each other, yeah, that's it's so true. supernatural. 
that special. <laughs> um, and when our church likes each other and people act in a godly and Christ-like way, when we act like Jesus, um, it helps people who aren't who don't know the Lord to come in and say, "Wow, like I don't know what this is, yeah, but I want to come back." Yeah, I saw that trend happening here as well. Like we had people stay back for a really long time. I'm I'm talking like at least forty minutes after service, and they're just hanging around talking. I was like. This is this is like first time I'm, I'm like uh, watching people just lingering and just talking, talking about life, talking about ministry, talking about all the stuff that is happening. And I'm like, wow, this is nice. This feels like just people want to hang out and not leave church. And I'm like, oh, I'm cool with this. I'm yeah. okay with this. <laughs> I've I've heard that one measure of a ch- of how healthy a church is is whether or not people stay after the service. Yeah, like how long uh, I've heard that for a out. long time. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember that being like that's it's not newer to to at least the Dover location. That's where that's where I see every week. But I do remember it getting like when it was time when it was normally time to lock up. It's been getting like more and more people are still there and uh, which is really fun. And that, I think that happens even Wednesday nights too. It's, it's an interesting thing that people are hanging out. I remember, I forget which event we did an event. I remember the win was, Oh my gosh, people stayed <laughs> like people hung out at this event. It may, it may have been fair food um, the first year we did it or, or something where we were like, Oh man, it worked. People stayed. And, and now that's just kind of become, the Sundays for us, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's go ahead. Pass this, uh, pass the night. <laughs> I, I'm not just going to say it's special. It's fun. It is. Uh, and I want to touch base with you. We, you started off the service with a really great miracle that God has done. Yeah. Uh, in our church and, uh, one of, uh, one of your locations that you pastor, you see, uh, what was it like when that family uh, came to you with that news? It was was it recently happened, or like you were waiting for a few months for the confirmation? I didn't know about it until after the fact, mm-hmm. um, and then it was it was just the power of praying parents, right? It yeah. was it was just some parents who said, "We're praying. We're going to pray for our son." And then they came and talked to me after. So the second x-ray, he got on October 14th. And then they talked to me, not not the Sunday we just had, but the one before that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know them well. They're fairly new to the church. Yeah. Um, Jeremy can give me an idea more. I met them at Fair Food Sunday for the first time and then had my first real conversation with them a week and a half ago. Yeah. And, and so... I was just, I was talking with the mom and with the son. And so she just told me the testimony. I'm like, that's amazing. Can I share that with the church? And she said, yeah. And then she showed me the picture after and I'm like, oh man, this yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. I and can't, um, I can't believe to get the, like those pictures side by side. I feel like that is the most um, concrete, 
proof we've put on a on a miracle. Like we've never had something that like that is one everything surrounding in the X-ray. Like I obviously I'm not a doctor, so X-rays can get confusing. Everything surrounding it is so obviously the same person. You could just tell when you went side by side, it was just that spine perfectly snapped back into place. That was yeah insane. Yeah. Jethro, right? Man, even even after all these years, God is still alive, moving in our church, moving in people's life and moving and hearing and listening to our, you know, smallest, you know, just God heal, heal Jeremiah or heal Tracy that we shared a few, few weeks ago. What a God we serve. What a celebration. Yeah. Are you? And I'm just believing it's going to lead to a wave of more miracles. First off, it's happening, you know, it's definitely happening internationally, but it's happening nationally. Mm. Um, River Valley Church has been talking about the miracles they've been receiving. James River Church has 3,000 of these doctor confirmed miracles that have happened at their church over the last few years. Wow. Um, obviously, they're an enormous church. They're like 20,000 or 25,000 people. But. Um, that's something that God's doing and he's just doing it, right? It's nothing we've orchestrated or we've done other than say, we believe it and we'll pray for it. And these parents believe it and they pray for it. Um, that's it. It's just God. It's, he's just choosing to move this way. Um, I think just setting the stage for yeah a huge revival. I agree. Pastor Jeremy, you had something. No, I just, I love the fact that you had that miracle tied into your message of speak like Jesus, where Jesus performed the miracle of healing someone. So it was like to start off the message, hey, everything we're about to read still happens. Here's proof. Let's get into the text with new context (laughs) because it's not just old text that, you know, maybe got misrepresented and then written in the Bible. Like people could have skepticism, but now we have this proof. Um, Did that, did that help when you're writing? Like, was that going through your head or were you just like, I'm sharing this miracle. And then you went into the message. Um, It was, uh, and yeah, I don't think it, it wasn't done on purpose. It was just a blessing that it worked out that way. Yeah. It was just a blessing we forget that the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide soul and spirit. Hmm. It's not a history book. It's not a fiction book. It's not a religious book. It is a living book. Well, 66 living books bound together under one cover. God breathed, God inspired, infallible, perfect word given to us by God through human hands to edify, to correct, to rebuke. Mm-hmm. And what other doctrine scriptures? I mean, that was a whole theology of the word. <laughs> there you go. That was a month's class. That was, that was good. <laughs> some good yeah. notes. I like, I like, uh, I like the scripture that tied really well really well how you spoke and I think the three points simple three points but profound 
like I know for me, I've read that scripture multiple times. But when you said uh, one thing that really struck my heart was like uh, that you said like maybe we don't want to get well. Like you mm. tied in your message, oh, you know, some people don't want to get freed from their addiction yeah. and they just want to, and that really like opened my eyes. Yeah, sometimes like we can get into the rhythm of doing things and, mm. you know, s- stuff like that. And then like we're doing church, we're pastors or like we're serving and, you know, helping other people, but forget like, are we treating ourselves and pausing and saying, hey, Steven Johnson, do I need to get well in this area? Yeah. You know, so I think that was like a profound moment. Like, oh, do you really want to get well? Like, yeah, so that asking question. And we, I think like we were talking, me and Pastor Jeremy was talking earlier this week to like, uh, you know, why did Jesus ask this question? He could have just healed it, right? He could have just been Jesus and say, yeah, I'm, here is your healing. But why did he pause and ask him that question? I think that is really important to know, like asking the right questions, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you agree? Like, is there any anything in you, you guys who supports a life that you guys paused and asked for God to like intervene and say, hey, hey, you should, you should pause and, I think rectify or do. Yeah. I think personally the question, I I feel like for, for me, it's come across different ways for me. The question is, is important because it, it brings up our excuse of why we couldn't, right? That's something that pastor Nate, you talked about of like, he's asking us the same question every single week he, he's asking, Hey, right. do you want that miracle? Can I work on that in your heart? And you work through all that. I, I feel like in my life and just in certain things we've recently overcome in, in, in my life, it's the, it's the reply after when he said, well, pick up your mat and walk. And now this guy's like, okay, well that sounds like I'm going to look stupid or I'm going to fall over because I'm going to try like you're making me do something now that I'm not willing to do. And and I think when you talked about that in the Rubik's cube, like Jesus is like, yeah, we can fix that. I'll just turn this right here. And like in my life, it was very like, let's not do that yet. <laughs> like, let's not right. uproot that yet. I don't want to pick up my mat and walk because that means some actions that I'm not comfortable with. And I think that's- just think about it. Think, let me, let me think, think about it. The illustration that keeps popping in my mind is you go to the doctors and the doctor's like, do you want to get well? You've got diabetes and you've got <laughs> cartilage problems and you've got, do you want to get well? Yes, doctor, I'd like to get well. Well, then walk. Uh, <laughs> is there a better way? <laughs> right. You, just walk. And, and so, uh, you know, we don't like when it's the easy mm. answer and which was not easy for that. Guy. Yeah. Um, but sometimes what he says to us, I think about, is it Nahum who they, who had leprosy? Yeah. Yep. And go, go dip yourself in the river seven times. And he was so angry. Yeah. So mad. And we asking Jesus to do something in our life. And he's like, 
Okay, okay. Yeah, I could do a miracle in your marriage. Can you lay down your selfishness? Yeah. Can you forgive? And then we get so mad. No, I'm not the problem here. <laughs> right. My spouse mm. is the problem here. Right. Mm. I feel like it, the, the difference, though, is not that it's easy, but it's simple. Uh, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's not a, like you said, like it wasn't easy for him to stand. It's not easy for us to like to work through whatever it is, but sometimes it's so simple. And so even bringing that the spouse analogy of like, no, I want you to miraculously rewire the way that they will respond to everything I say. And it's like, okay, that's really complex and stupid. That's not going to work. How about you work on your selfishness? And God, I was really hoping you'd give them a prefrontal lobotomy. <laughs> And that's more the miracle I wanted, God. Yeah. Yeah, we want a complex, easy for us miracle, but that's not the way it seems like it works out. Um, yeah, it's Naaman. Naaman, how do you pronounce that? Naaman, Naaman? Yeah, Naaman. 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 Whatever. Yeah, not Naham. Naaman. Naaman. Uh, yeah, I think uh, even thinking through that, just pick up your mat and walk. Sometimes it requires, even from our part, like I know, Pastor Nate, you can convey this, like starting a church and like your vision for campus churches, different location, 10 location in New Hampshire. It requires, you know, some sort of picking up your mat, like, hey, believing, all right, I don't... I don't have the resources yet, but I'm still believing for more and going to do it. Right? You know what I think when you say pick up your mat, I, th- I think it requires breaking the rules sometimes. That's mm-hmm. what stands up to me because him picking up his mat broke the, re- broke the, re- broke the law. Yeah. Right. And that's what they, you're like, what are you doing? Pick carrying your mat. You're not allowed to do that. It's against the law. It was against Sabbath law. Um, and you can't do that. You can't call yourself a Jewish person and, and be healed. You can't call yourself a church if your preacher is on video. You can't call yourself a church if you've got um, flashing lights. You call, hey, this a, you call this a church? You call this a church? Where are the pews? And, <laughs> and all, you, where's your hymnal? Where where's your KJ? You're you're preaching from New Living. You call this a church? And <laughs> it's those are all little pick up your mat things. Like yeah. he tells us to do things that that honestly makes other people mad. But what are we going to do? We have to be obedient to him. And the, right. I think you have to. We have to make sure. And I'm probably screaming. You guys can put down my game. You I, no, you're, <laughs> no, you're just getting real into it. <laughs> Um, the hard part and the mistake I definitely made early on as lead pastor is you're doing things just to be different Mm. or just off religious people, Mm. which is not a right heart. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but when Jesus says, yeah, pick up your mat, you got to do it. And if that's video teach, you know, video venue churches, modern worship songs, um, 
a modern aesthetic a preaching style that tells a lot of stories and tells a lot of jokes because people hate that. I mean, I know <laughs> the people listening to the podcast like it, but other people hate it. They get so mad that I do that. But I've just, that's just one of the things, one of the assignments that God's given me. Right. And she, yeah. And it can be all kinds of things. A business God's telling you to start, mm. moving your family. Mm downsizing your house like it could be all kinds of different things that other people won't like yeah now but for you, but you gotta do it yeah for us the the stand up pick up your mat and walk in your point was that was jesus speaking life to that man what so i feel like so far we've hit on now it's god speaking life to us god speaking to us to, to calling us out to do these things what does it look like practically for me to speak in that way? Uh, for, for me to speak life the way that Jesus spoke life as we look through, you know, pick up your mat and walk. Uh, I don't walk up to someone, you know, and who can't walk and just be like, well, walk now. Like there's, there's a level of, of wisdom Jesus has like, or whatever, but talk to me about it from, from my point of view, speaking life. Um, what does that practically look like? Yesterday, one of my sons came home from school early and I wasn't working in the office yesterday. I was working at home, catching up on, on chores. And so I'm out in the yard and he shows up all happy. Like I'm going to come work with dad. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I kind of got mad at school and asked to come home. So I, uh, I'm I'm not happy about that because I know he's sugarcoating what happened. So I take off my headphones and I sit down. And so we start to have a conversation and I can't remember if our conversation was there or in the truck later, because we did have two different conversations yesterday and they were kind of blending together. But I began to ask him, who do you, who do you want, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as the kid who gets angry and disobeys teachers mm. and has to go home early? Well, what do you want to be known as? Uh, joy. Yeah, all right, the kid who has joy. And here's what here's what how I'm raising you to be known as. Joyful, funny, hard worker, kind towards others, respectful. That's who I want you to be known as. Mm-hmm. And that's who you are. That's who you should be known as. And so mm-hmm. easily I could have and he did get punished, right? So that's why he was we had multiple conversations yesterday because I was making them come with me to do, to run errands and, and stuff. But easily I could have just been like, yes, yell at him and punish him. But even in that conversation, it was no future, future you, yeah. who's future you, who, who are, who are you becoming? And that's just one of, that's just the way. Steven, do you have any other? Thoughts to add in? Oh, that's a good, good wisdom right there. Write it down, listeners. Good <laughs> wisdom right there. 
I think yeah. I would have. <laughs> that was not. <laughs> that wouldn't be me. <laughs> to That's be honest, not your upbringing. <laughs> You'd be like, Zayla, let me show you a little bit of what, what my dad taught me in Kuwait. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh man. Which is which is good. Yeah. That's that's right. That's something nice way to do it. Pastor Jeremy, you had something. Well, I think just because what's the opposite of that that we hear parents say that I'm tempted to say, What is wrong with you? Again? Like, what is happening? You know better, right? And it's all the, you know, you should know better type language that I think your approach, Pastor Nate, is so important because that's the ref- the reflexes, like, like what you shared. It's, it's so easy to tear people down. It's so right. much easier to just be like, come on, man. Um, and why is that such the easier approach? Well, probably because we're angry half the time. And well, we I out of our anger, but I definitely remember saying to kids, "Are you stupid? Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Are you stupid?" And then them saying, "You think I'm stupid?" I'm like, "I don't think you're stupid. You called me stupid. I never called you stupid." I'm like, and so then I had to realize, like, even <laughs> asking a question like that, they're receiving it as an identity. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think one of the things uh, that we can speak life into, uh, Pastor Jeremy asked, how do you speak life into people where you know, like they're, you know, broken or whatever, and you're speaking life. So that's what we're addressing right now. I think one of the things uh, I practice is to, uh, ask God for specifics. So like I sit and pray for like specific things. Even if like God shows me, hey, this so-and-so person is going through this, I wouldn't just directly go and address it. I'll sit on that for maybe months or maybe weeks to ask God, Lord, give me specifics. Uh, so one of the one that I can remember is, uh, we all know uh, Ann and Chris, who used to pastor uh, our Plymouth location, and uh, uh, they stepped down uh, from from that location. So they were having hard time coming and speaking to me about them serving in Plymouth. But in my prayers, I already had written down in my book that they are stepping down before even they came and talked to me. So when they came, they were having issues like, oh my gosh, like, is it the right move that we need to step down from serving in Plymouth? So when they came in, uh, they shared, hey, like, we would love to talk and uh, we would love to uh, step down from serving in Plymouth and just not serve for, for a year or so. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And they were like kind of confused, like what, like, like what is happening? You're fine. So I said, yeah. Like I showed my notebook, and they were like, oh. So they, it was a confirmation for them. All right, they were doing the right thing, yeah. and it was a confirmation from me. Like, all right, God, thank you. Like, you you could speak. So, 
uh, you know, that's one way like you can sit and pray for that and just speak life into, into people's life. And uh, yeah, Pastor well, Jeremy. No, I just, I love in the update on that of a year later, them leading worship at the Bethlehem location with you. So clearly that time mm-hmm. off, the serious soul care that, that happened that brought them back to, to serving at, at a different capacity. So, and also just, they're yeah. leading uh, one of the uh, organization, a part of our right. church, uh, you know, so clearly it was God that was moving in their lives in our church and through our church, them being healed and, you know, their souls rectified, you know, whatever, and then coming back. So uh, those are some things uh, we can speak life, how we can speak life and, uh and it doesn't matter, right? If, whether it's our own life. And I think also that came to my mind, we need to let other people speak life into us too. Sometimes we just have a huge wall in front of us mm. that we don't let other people speak into our lives. Like the person who was sick, he could have just said, you know, like, no, it's fine. Like, I like this. I like this life. I don't want, I don't want your healing, you know, but when he, when Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk, he just did it, you know? So sometimes we need to let Jesus or people that are, people that, people that are in our lives where, you know, like, for example, I need to let Pastor Nate, you pastoral staff, you know, allow you guys to speak life into me, you mm. know, not like, all right, no, I'm good. You know, you can just wait. I don't, I don't receive that. I don't think that's the right attitude, you know, so. That's good. Yeah. You have to receive. There's a, there's a, definitely a part of receiving. Yeah. <laughs> words of life. Now you talked through as well, Pastor Nate, in their third point you you said it and and skimmed by it, so I thought I was gonna I would ask you to elaborate a little bit more in case that's like a something you could expand upon more. You talked about Jesus giving truth, um, mm. and you mentioned just in passing a phrase, so I didn't know if it was something that was more living the John ten the John ten ten life. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us and just the listeners like? What is what does that mean? So we can just go read John ten ten, but 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 to live that life, what what was that that you meant? If you read it, read it in the amplified version. But John ten ten, it's one of. I mean, I mention it all the time. I probably mention it every week. Sometimes I quote John ten ten. Sometimes I just say a part of it. But Jesus said, "I've come that you may have life, and life abundantly." Or I've come that you may have life and life to the overflow. Yeah. Um, So what does that mean? It means there is so much that he wants to give us that it's overflowing out of our life. Um, Joy, not, not enough joy, overflowing joy, peace, Mm -hmm. not just enough peace, overflowing peace, blessings, not just enough blessings, overflowing blessings. Mm -hmm. That's what he's, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. Life abundantly, life to the overflow. That, that doesn't happen 
without receiving truth from him. Yeah. It doesn't happen without responding to the repentance he's yeah. calling you to. That doesn't happen without taking the steps of obedience he's asking you to take. Mm. So say miracle offerings on Sunday. Say you pray <laughs> and the first thing that comes to mind is you should give a hundred bucks. And then you quickly do the math and you're like, oh, that was my idea. Um, I think God's telling me to give 45 bucks because 45 bucks, you know, you can do. Yeah. And maybe you can know you can do 40. So 45 is a stretch, but that's great. Wonderful. I'm glad that you're giving. But if you want the John 10, 10 life, life to the full, life abundantly, life to the overflow, then when God speaks a hundred, you give a hundred. And you don't know how, but part of that not knowing how is part of stepping into his experience. He could tell you to give 1,000. He could tell you to give 10,000. He could tell you to give 100,000. He could tell you to give a million. We we definitely know of, and our friends with pastors who've received, uh, someone's walked in and said, our 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 business sold, and so we're bringing in us. Here's a tithe check for one million dollars. Uh, that those things happen. They're real. Yeah, God yeah. could tell you to do it, and you cannot do it, and you'll still be a Christian. You'll still go to heaven, but you just not aren't going to experience the John ten ten life. Yeah, that's so good. And so you bring Hello. that you bring that up, acknowledging the portion where Jesus said, now you're well, stop sinning, move forward, repent of it. And so giving truth, uh, giving truth, receiving truth, acting on that truth is what allows us to bring that John 10, 10 life. Yeah. And it's really interesting that he said, or something worse will happen to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he doesn't really talk like that elsewhere in scripture. And he, so he's just saying, hey, you think it was bad to be an invalid for 30-something years and stuck on that mat for 30-something years? Stop sinning, or you're going to find yeah. out there's something worse than being an invalid. And what was he speaking futuristically about hell? Was he talking about the demonic spirits of infirmity that were probably afflicting his life? They're, they were going to come back and and not just make him sick, but... Now, now torment him of everything he's lost and everything he, he let go of. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but there is right. We, if we, if we keep going on sinning, yeah, something happens, something not good happens. Right. As opposed to let's follow Jesus. And Mm. even people who lose their life following Jesus, they, 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 you can read the, I don't know how to mute myself. I'm about to sneeze. All right, keep it. <laughs> oh, he figured it out. Good. <laughs> Bless you. Go. We didn't hear it. Yeah, but we I found it. For you. Thank goodness. <laughs> I was holding it in. I'm lucky my eyes didn't pop out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to explain something. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so. Uh, we were talking about Mr. O'Hare. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that sneeze just knocked you back a week. <laughs> just a week. Just a week back. 
but I love I love what you're saying. So one of the questions, right? Uh, like knowing living in this culture, I know uh, you know people talk about a lot about like I'm offended, and I'm offended. That, you know, you spoke to me about it, or I hear like, yeah, that was offensive. Why did you? Why did you? Or you know, so how can practically we? How can we speak truth and not offend? Or how can we speak truth, even though like in a loving way, but people might receive it as an offense? How can we practically do that? Because I see that a lot in this culture. Uh, that whatever. Whatever we are sharing or whatever we are doing, it offends people more than the norms. You know, so how can we or the listeners, as something like practically, how can we share? Just like Jesus did, he spoke truth, but you know, it was it was there. But in this practical life, how can we do that, Pastor Jeremy? I think I think one one thing that you just brought up with me is. There's a reason why this interaction went in the order that it did. There's a reason why he went to the man and started asking questions. He, he, he saw, let the healing happen in his life and then began to correct and move forward. And I feel like sometimes we as Christians might approach that backwards. And so, you know, the big, we don't, we don't do it. We don't see it as much, but I know it was like a big thing of like repent from your sinful ways. Like that was an approach Christians took at one point, but that's the backwards. That's just a backwards way of what Jesus was doing. I think there's, there's a reason to go through that way. I forget where we heard the story. I think it was through, um, oh shoot. I forget the organization convoy of hope they talked through being in a mission field and they wanted to start sharing about Jesus. And one of them was like, no, you need to feed us first before we're going to listen to this because they're like, take care. Could you take care of us and love Mm. us before you start telling us this, this uh, truth about Jesus care for our, Mm. our physical selves. And I think there's a level of like loving people first and and coming to them with truth after that connection point is is started. So that's just my thought on it through Pastor Nate's wonderful three points that he gave. Now, I think, yeah, yesterday we had a conversation, me and Pastor Nate, and he said something that I will keep for the rest of my life. Uh, we need to be, uh, we need to belong before we believe. Man, that that really struck me. I was like, that is so true, mm. especially in this age and era. Like, you know, they need to feel they belong before right. even they start believing Jesus can heal, Jesus can, you know, you know, bless me, whatever. You know, Jesus is a true savior. Like, just as you, Pastor Jeremy said, like, that, that is so, <laughs> that is so funny. Like, that is actually true. Like, feed, feed, feed us first, right? They're hungry, they're feed us first, and then we can listen to your Jesus. And Pastor Nate, do you did you have anything in your mind how practically we can not offend people 
and to speak truth or life into into their lives? Yeah, well, go in order of the sermon message. So question number, start with questions. Mm. Um, hey, are you, um, you, you know, can, can we have a conversation? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Try again next week. Um, would it be okay with you if I point out something that um, that you've been doing that's hurting people? And, and, you know, but ask questions. And you can tell by how the people answer your question that, you know, you say to your spouse, could we, could we have a conversation? I'd like to. And then they immediately stone cold tense, like, we'll do this another time. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, I did that with my son yesterday. Who, who do you want to become? Spoke life. Here's how I'm raising you to be. Here are the qualities you are. This is who you really are. And then speaking truth at that point, like giving him a chance to answer and to talk and then speaking the truth. Like you, it's not okay that you act this way. And I'm not going to allow you to act this way because that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And here's how the Holy Spirit can empower you to have self-control, to have kindness, to have joy, to have gentleness. And you've got to decide whether or not you're going to let him move in you or not. So it was that same question. But if I, again, he shows up and he's like, yeah, I had to leave. I left school early because I was getting mad. And then I know what that means. I'm like, this is how you're going to act when you're at school, whatever, whatever. And like, I'm not helping them cast vision. I'm not helping right. them to connect it. He's not going to get it. He's just going to be hurt by me. We, the other thing I didn't say, but, but anytime there's a conversation of truth, you can't have the Christian. We don't, we, we operate in truth and grace. So I didn't say that yesterday, you know, it being unspoken, or implied, but maybe I shouldn't have thought it was implied. You can't put everything in every message. So I'm like, um, uh, do you know you're dressed like a whore? I'm like, uh, pardon? What? I'm like, <laughs> you could be so beautiful if you weren't dressed like a whore. Excuse me? Well, I'm just telling you as it is. I'm just saying. Right. Like, no. I'm just the, being truthful. Uh, uh, <laughs> that... Is not at all like it, <laughs> great, exa- great example. I just <laughs> thought of making that a soundboard. <laughs> That's an audio clip we saved. <laughs> the next, the next uh, opening. Welcome to the I'm the Sermon. I'm Pastor Stephen. Why are you dressed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Anyway, but that 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 is so true, though, right? Like, even if even your last point, uh, Jesus say, "Hey, now you're well, stop sinning." He he didn't he didn't just speak truth; he showed compassion and grace grace in there. A lot of times yeah. we we forget about that. We yeah. we are so good. Uh, you mentioned in your message, we are so good at. Uh, talking about mocking or like talking about people's problem. Uh, but 
you know, we never bring solutions to it. It's, oh, church is doing that. Oh, well, can we pause and ask like, all right, is there a solution? Like, how can we better? It's easy to point fingers, uh, but, you know, it's hard for, I feel like some, uh, it's hard for Christians to show grace. Unbelievers, unbelievers sometimes show more grace and compassion. I feel like sometimes outside of church. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. A religious, a a religious spirit is a demonic spirit. Doesn't matter how pious it acts. Yeah. It will, it's going to rear its teeth. Yeah. And any Christian that's come against someone called a Christian who has a religious spirit in them. I mean, that why is there so much church hurt? I mean, it's not all religious spirit, but a lot of them are. Yeah. It's legalistic. It's condemning. It's prideful. Mm. It's unyielding. There's no grace. Uh, Yeah. Mm. Wow. Horrifying. Those last few words will preach. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. That's really great. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So do you have ahead, any, Pastor um, Jeremy. do you have any, um, we've talked through a couple things that maybe we haven't hit on the same, but any book recommendations around either that overflow or you've, you've talked through another life. That I don't know if it was a book, but an unoffended life. I don't know if that's just another one of your teachings. Maybe that's a book we, you should write. Maybe. <laughs> may have told me that before. The Hold on, I'm going to sneeze again. <laughs> um, I wasn't thinking about books um, for today. And some of the books about, about our speech can be um, really they can be like a name it and claim it type of philosophy. So yeah. you gotta, you gotta navigate in there with some caution. Yeah. Um, but I've been waiting to sneeze, so I'm having a hard time thinking. <laughs> Somehow. Um, that but just- the unoffended life, anyway, the unoffended life, we had a whole conversation in the podcast about that this year. So. Uh, that's what I'm thinking Pretty about. Recently. I thought the subtitle you should put is something about, it's like the unoffended life, how to, how to handle, how to handle Pastor Nate's humor or how to handle a conversation with <laughs> Pastor Nate. <laughs> Read this book. Oh, yeah. It'll really help you in our interactions to know I'm not trying to offend you. It's just funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't have any for this one. The one thing that's a resource that I'd love for people to have is next week uh, as a church, we're going to be bringing in a new worship song to close out this series because um, this is a series we've been in all year. Um, and there's a worship song called More Like Jesus. Um, that's by Passion. And I think those lyrics just really capture this entire series. Um, Mm. If more of you means less of me, take everything, make me more like Jesus. That's kind of the whole prayer of that song. 
And so just as we're gearing up for the end of this series, the end of this year, um, focus on more like Jesus, we're adding that song in as a worship. So, so just again, as, as you're working through what is, what are the questions that Jesus keeps asking you in your personal life? What is, what does it look like to pick up your mat and walk? How does that look like in your life? What's the truth Jesus wants in you? Listen to this song and let that resonate. All those things that, that you're fighting up against and not wanting to answer and all that, let that song speak truth. Um, it's not as long as a book, so maybe you'll get through it quicker, but um, it still has a powerful message that I'd love the church to be listening to ahead of time. I'm not going to go without a book recommendation after this many podcasts. I'm not going to lose yet. So the truth, <laughs> the, the truth and grace paradox by Randy Alcorn. Perfect. Um, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Great job. Well, well, thank you so much for, Everyone, thank you, Pastor Nate, Pastor Jeremy, for hanging and uh, hope you all enjoy this podcast. God bless. All right. Thanks. God bless. Bye.